0: This is Significant Other, a show about relationships, hosted by Alicia and Rich. They are married people who are mutually enraged by the same shit. Who said anger doesn't breed love?
1: We are mutually enraged by the same shit. I'm so angry right now. I'm so angry. I don't ah.
2: know. Why, I don't know why I'm angry.
1: Well, I like. I think when it comes down to it. Hello, by the way. I'm Alicia.
2: Oh yeah, hi. What? The other one, Rich. <laughs>
1: We're married, we live together,
2: yeah,
1: but not a very professional way to introduce...
2: Well, I am not a professional.
1: That is true. Well, I am sort of. We live in London, we have Australian accents, because that is the motherland for us. Correct. Now, I do agree that the mutual enragement is a great way to start a relationship. What
2: enraged you today, my love? People. Yeah.
1: Uh, getting on the tube, the London Underground. And I had to go to work a bit earlier than normal and...
2: Did you get a seat? No. Were you, did you get on?
1: Yeah. People pushed in front of me and then I waited for two trains and then I'm like, fuck, I've got to get on. And I got on and I got on. The, I was the last one on, which is fine because then my face could just be placed, pressed up against <laughs> the glass.
2: Did they do the Japanese thing where they shove you in with their gloved hands?
1: I wish that would happen. because yeah. I would have got a nice human nice massage, touch. like yeah. a deep
2: tissue massage.
1: But I will say this morning, what really enraged me was there was a girl with her fucking Michael Kors fucking handbag. Fuck off! I love
2: Michael Kors.
1: I don't. <laughs> it's not even a status thing. It's I'll like
2: take back your Christmas present.
1: Don't ever buy me a Michael Kors. I'd rather carry around a bloody brown Pla- a
2: placky bag. Placky
1: bag. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm so angry. It's because she had the Michael Kors bag. Yeah that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. But she wouldn't move the bag so she kept she kept it hooked on her arm like some like it was some fucking Chanel Celine bag.
2: <laughs> no one gives a shit about your Michael Kors bag. Put the
1: bag on the floor. Get it out of my face. And we were literally like crammed in. Like I could feel her breath on my body. But then this bitch had the nerve to still want to read <laughs> on her iPhone. She had some book on her iPhone, didn't have a Kindle, and held the phone up in front of her face, which was also in front of my face because that is how close I was to this woman. Was it a good book? I could, well, she kept, she had it shining vaguely on my face, but I couldn't, it <laughs> wasn't even close enough for me to see. It was probably 50 shades or something.
2: Yeah. You yeah.
1: Know, pulp. Oh my God. I'm such a, I've come out like such a jerk so in this. So much anger.
2: What, what, and yeah. So, I'm like,
1: get the phone out of my face. Get your Michael Kors bag out of my crotch.
2: <laughs> but you got to work. Everything was fine. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Thanks for thank you for guiding me through that. I'm so sorry for that anger.
2: Okay, that's the end of the show. Tune in. <laughs> tune in next week.
1: This show is about relationships. It's about dating. It's about dick pics. Well, we've done that. We've done that. We've All moved right. on, babes. Move on. This. This episode, though, is uh, about travel. Yeah. It's something that's close to both of our hearts. Yeah, definitely. We have different perspectives sometimes on travel. Well, I think we have different perspectives on... How we put this?
2: You have champagne taste on a beer budget.
1: Yes. Yes. Because I think sometimes when you get a taste of the champagne lifestyle... Maybe this comes back to the Michael Kors thing. <laughs> I don't want everyone to think this is a hierarchy saying we all have to spend two Gs on a bag. I don't believe that. But I feel like that, and I'm sorry if you're listening and you carry the Michael Kors bag. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> I just look at the girls in London in particular that are schlepping those bags around mm. and just going, get your fucking bag out of my, f- my." Oh. oh still angry.
2: <laughs> we're going to go for a short break. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. Travel you you were totally right because I think when you get a whiff of laddie da travel. Yeah. You're like why would I ever go back to non-laddie da travel?
2: I I may be travelling for work on business class soon oh and my I'm God. I've never travelled before on business class and I'm almost afraid because I know going back to economy is going to be tough
1: i've never never be on, been beyond the curtain
2: mm. did, did we do premium once
1: no when what have you done premium
2: I, I think i might have done premium economy once who with uh i think Qantas.
1: which other wife no not who with <laughs> i mean which person were you with
2: no like just me maybe
1: on our coin
2: uh no as in i, I think i got an upgrade and maybe because you were silver or something i'm not sure
1: Well, look, this is probably Uh, a conversation not for a podcast. surely I would... Fuck, you would remember that, mate. Yeah,
2: surely I would.
1: Right, look, the thing is...
2: Yeah, never business.
1: We aspire to be those people. Yeah. Yet we are not those people. No. And our bank balance certainly does not reflect being those people. Definitely not. We spoke to a friend over the weekend who said that he had treated himself to an upgrade because when we were flying from the UK to Australia... How many hours is that, dear husband?
2: Flying time, mm. 24 minimum.
1: 24 min. And uh, it's sort of, I don't want to say it's hellish because we're not in Nam. We're not in some sort of, you know, awful, not that I mean, I'm not in Vietnam. It's a lovely destination. I mean, the
2: Light and bright, tight and bright. Jesus, she's a professional, everyone. <laughs> Christ.
1: It's not like, oh, whoa, we've got to fly economy <laughs> all the way for 24 hours. But it's a long time to sit. Yeah. It's a long time to sit next to someone you don't like. What, me? (laughs) And your husband. Oh, now
2: the truth comes out.
1: No, and this is part of the travel sort of situation here. I get panicked prior to the flight, the long, 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 long flight back to Australia as to who we're going to get stuck next to. Now, I do sound very negative today. I've just had a rough day. But (laughs) it it is one of those things to go, it's it's a commitment. You are spending... On one one of the legs is 15 hours.
2: Spending a full day in close contact with a stranger. Really
1: close contact. And I think it's quite quick to... I'm quite quick to go, all right, you are going to be okay or I'm not going to like you. Yeah. And I'm going to struggle to spend...
2: Oh, you've got a Michael calls back. Oh, that's not going to go well.
1: Oh, God. I'd like some feedback, right, from people. And you can abuse me. Can you?
2: Yeah, why not? Yeah. We we'll just read it out on the show and laugh. Yeah,
1: that'll be fun. Uh, yeah. If you have, remember,
2: remember that hate mail that you got for your other podcast.
1: Yeah, that was funny. Would you like to share that with our listeners?
2: Yeah, I, I can't quite remember exactly <laughs> what it said. Go it said- oh go go fuck yourself. Yep. Tell your friends too. But
1: when she wrote yours, <laughs> she wrote er. and I thought that was a bit of a shame because yeah. if you're going to go for the full abuse, at least spell it correctly.
2: Go fuck herself.
1: I'm fine with hate no look I'm just saying I'm I'm the Michael Kors thing I don't know where it comes from with me but I just think it's because I see a lot of girls in London tittering around with their bags looking and feeling privileged but not being very polite to other people on the train Fair enough that's all I'm So sorry
2: my my number one gripe with you oh. regarding travel
1: <laughs> Oh yeah
2: is Airport arrival time.
1: Okay, let's talk about this because the sheets were the last couple of shows. Yeah. If you were new to the show, we had a sheet saga. Go back and listen. I won't waste anyone's it's, it's time. It's ongoing. But I have I have received more messages this week of support.
2: I've received messages of, of support as well. People are <laughs> there are marches, there are protests. <laughs> People are ransacking department stores, getting rid of this extra sheet that no one needs.
1: I think it's i don't want to jump around one more time
2: but i will <laughs> but you are we going back to michael cause i'm i'm over that one <laughs>
1: God, I'm not talking about i can't
2: handle anymore
1: can i i just remembered a sheet story
2: oh yes <laughs> it's is got it?
1: nothing to do with our dispute
2: yeah this is gold right here yep
1: a few years ago and i promise we're going to get back to that point don't leave us this is a good podcast
2: i, I would leave now. <laughs> <laughs> You can a few years bring ago, up This American Life or something.
1: Well, do that. Definitely listen to that. And then come back to us. A few years ago, Rich and I went to purchase a a thing that you would put around the bottom of the mattress.
2: It's like a Valance.
1: I don't know what people call it. Only old people have it. But we had a very ugly, ugly mattress bottom. So it's the bottom of the mattress that you see. And you could see it from our front door. And I'm like, that thing is ugly. Awful. It's horrendous. Mm. Let's get something to cover it up, right? <laughs> so like old ladies would put a little flowy, well, we would call it a valance, but it's, yeah. it's something else. Maybe
2: everyone calls it that. Whatever. Whatever.
1: So we went to the shop. We went to a department store and we said, where are those things that you put around <laughs> the bottom?
2: <laughs> we call it a valance. What do you call it?
1: <laughs> that only nannas have. And uh, the lady turned to us and she said, yes, I know what you're talking about. What sort of story do you want to tell with your bed?
2: I just want to fucking hide it from the door, mate.
1: (laughs) What sort of story would you like your bed to tell?
2: The cheapest story possible.
1: (laughs) And that has always stuck with me. Whenever we've gone (laughs) into some sort of retail establishment, I was thinking about what sort of story do you want this inanimate object that has no purpose but to hide a crappy-looking mattress?
2: I should say maybe not the cheapest story, but like the second cheapest
1: yeah. Well, yeah. This, is, this is another point we like to make, that if you are in a restaurant mm. and you are purchasing or vino. Vin. vin. That we always go for the second cheapest wine if we're purchasing. Well, you do. Yeah. Well, you're not a wine drinker. But I think it's polite. It's less Michael Corsi to go <laughs> for the second.
2: I think it possibly could be exactly Michael Corsi.
1: Would they go for the cheapest?
2: No, to go with the second cheapest. Oh, shit. Shit. That's me. Yeah.
1: If Michael Kors... Calls... Oh, for God's <laughs> sake.
2: Can we move on? If anyone on? from Michael Kors is a singer, I'd oh.
1: like to sponsor this podcast.
2: Oh, get stuffed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> to go back to your story about... Okay.
2: Airport arrival time.
1: I was avoiding this because I knew it was going to cause another yeah. problem.
2: Yeah, because again, I'm right. The listeners will support me with floods of emails.
1: I like to arrive at the airport to spend as little amount of time with, with my fellow human beings as possible.
2: With minus 10 minutes to spare.
1: <laughs> the way we time it out is if they're calling your name, that's great because it's like a personal introduction to the plane. Going, boom, boom, boom. Would Mr. and Mrs. Maddock please come to the final boarding call of your plane because we are about to leave. And Would, that's the, like,
2: would the ever tardy Alicia Maddock please join the plane right now right now.
1: I don't have a problem. I'm not saying I want to get there. That's being silly. I don't want to get there that late, but I don't want to get there with 16 hours to sit around because it's a waste of time. And I despise it.
2: I don't like being stressed and I just like to take it easy. Get there early, no worries, no flat tires, no traffic, no We don't have a car. broken down train, no tube strikes, no medical emergency. Nada. All
1: right. So we want to hear from you. The sheet, I'm still. We're putting the sheet to bed.
2: Hey, we well both, done. Thank yep, you. Yep, we both have our perfection. opinions.
1: We both have our opinions. Yeah. But. I'm right. We, okay. We now would like to throw out to all of you some.
2: Let's open up to the phones. Let's see wanna, that switchboard light up.
1: Yeah. We want to ask you about. Well, firstly, do you fight with your partner about the appropriate time that it is needed to arrive at an airport yeah uh, and do you also have a plan do you talk about it or do you just fight about it and you can never come to any agreement
2: we want to know i want to know because i i think i'm right
1: i don't necessarily think so now i have a bit of uh well i want to say evidence i've got some support here
2: i'm very disappointed you've prepared for this <laughs>
1: My friend Brittany, she runs a website called Happily Ever Borrowed. If you are looking, can I just say this is—I know her from my other podcast, Bride Chiller, the Bride Chiller podcast. But she runs a fantastic company where if you want to borrow lovely accessories like wedding belts, I'm just giving her a plug here, Yeah, she's great. great. Free plug. Veils, all that sort of stuff. Anyway, she runs this amazing website, and uh, she left me a message because uh, she has a very similar conundrum with her bow. I like you do not enjoy getting to the airport too early. And my boyfriend would much prefer to be there three hours earlier. And to the point where we actually sometimes now take separate flights to the same place because we can't stand the differences in our travel schedules. So we actually had that for our, our trip home from Portugal. We had two separate flights and we did get there three hours in advance for him. Uh, and then ironically enough, My flight actually got out um, after his and his never took off because the AC broke and whole disaster. Uh, But anyway, I just thought it was so funny because we have such similar stories um, and they were almost overlapped at the same time. So, I mean, that's extreme.
2: Oh, that is is (laughs) fantastic. It is ridiculous and I love it.
1: (laughs) I mean- I really think that in your relationship, whatever status you're in, you've got to make things work for you. Now, that's extreme, Brittany, I would say, the fact that they're not travelling together. And they were flying from America to Portugal. I can never say Portugal, probably. Portugal. Uh, correct. That's a long flight.
2: I'm seeing some massive benefits from their scheme.
1: Do you not want to fly <laughs> with me? Now, look, here's a here's a fact for you uh, on our travel episode. Me? Yeah, just for everyone. Yeah, all right. Um, and that is a lot of members of the royal family. Do never They never fly together. Ah, whatever. In case they're all wiped out.
2: Yeah, fine.
1: So if you are in, like, you know, Mary and Fred,
2: mm.
1: Princess Mary from Tasmania where we grew up, mm. she's now the princess of Denmark. Denmark. And her husband Fred, whenever they fly long haul...
2: Different planes. Different planes. Really? Yeah. mm. Who gets
1: to look after the kids? Would that be like toss a coin? You go, this time, Aunt eh, Fred, you get the kids? Or is it always Mary with the kids?
2: I reckon it, well, I don't know.
1: Mary, phone in. If you are listening, <laughs> we would like to know how you work that out because I think it's unfair if one of you always has to fly with the children because yeah. they've got a bunch of kids.
2: Maybe they've got nannies.
1: Yeah, they've definitely got nannies. But, I mean, you know, you've still got the responsibility. I'd like to read you a quote hmm. from one of my favourite film actors, Bill Murray. Hmm. He says, if you have someone you think is the one, the one, yeah, take them and travel around the world. Buy a plane ticket for the two of you to travel all over the world to places that are really hard to reach and hard to get out of. And when you land back at JFK and you're still in love with that person, then get married.
2: Bam. Now, yeah.
1: I, I love Bill Murray on so many levels. Yeah. But that to me is perfection. Yeah. Because it really does, travel really does give you this perspective on another person straight away.
2: And he, he knows. He's been married and divorced twice.
1: Wow. Where did you learn that? I looked it up. Good on you. So look, I was thinking when we first met, if you don't know our, our love story, we won't bore you with it because <laughs> that's gross.
2: <laughs> you may stop now.
1: <laughs> Basically, we met online. Rich lived in London at the time. I lived in Australia. I bought a rando plane ticket off the interwebs, and met him for the first time at Heathrow Airport. And then we took off on a one-month jaunt around France on our credit card. (laughs) (laughs) And then by the end of the trip...
2: We We were married? No, we weren't married.
1: We were not married, certainly not married. But the declaration of love was me sitting in a cafe at the end of the day saying, you know what, you don't ship me.
2: Well, that's a win.
1: And I felt like it was like the most touching thing I've ever said to someone because when you spend 24-7 with someone you've only just like physically met. We had known each other for quite a while on the interwebs, like four months. <laughs> but it is a big commitment and you yeah. really get to know someone and be enraged by someone like I was this morning with the Michael Kors phone-in-my-face handbag wench. And, you know, clearly I couldn't holiday with that girl because already she'd broken about six of my rules.
2: Yeah, she was out. She was done.
1: Her and I are not going on long distance. Any, I don't want to... I, five stops with her was too much.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: But travel is... You do get to learn people's odd habits. Get...
2: Yeah, the friends of ours went travelling and they uh, that was their first trip as a couple. And I think it was like two or three weeks they went to Vietnam and they said maybe halfway through you know, not much sleep, they are getting a bit ratty and they did the very clever time-honoured tradition of rather than turning against each other, they united and turned on everyone else.
1: I think that's really the key of this episode. Mm. When it comes down to it, if you are sitting next to someone that is really annoying on the plane, then it's best to just turn to your partner, turn left or turn right and itch about them like it's yeah. no tomorrow and point out all their annoying habits and then <laughs> let their anger and rage grow together. And that will bring you closer.
2: What a lovely message.
1: I think anything that gets you through. <laughs> I've also thought about lots of my friendships. A lot of my friendships come and, you know, I know this is not healthy. And if Dr. Lindsay Beer was here in the room right now, she'd say, Alicia, let's do a bit of a health assessment of mm. what you're saying. Mm. But there are friends that I get with and I do enjoy having a little...
2: Good old whinge and a moan
1: We're in a bit of a bitch about other people Yeah And not in a vindictive, awful way There are just some people that are fun to talk about (laughs) We all know it Do boys do that? Uh, Yes, you do
2: Yeah, yes, sure Yeah, why not?
1: I like to see, because I freelance So I travel from office to office Like some sort of travelling salesman. You're a lifelong traveller I really am So many things. And I like to sort of think, I think one of my life skills is assessing the vibes, the politics in the office and trying to crack who puts on the face of happiness, but secretly does not like anyone or who puts the face of happiness, but then backstabs everyone else. And I think it's my secret mastermind skill of Mm. figuring out all the interpersonal relationships and deciding who, like my own very personal game of survivor.
2: Who you can team up with. Who you're going to throw under the bus. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it brings me, you know, I come home and I tell you about all these politics. Mm. And because, you know, working in TV freelancing does, you know, you move around quite a lot. You don't always get a chance to meet these people. So they're probably just fake people to you.
2: Yeah. And I don't listen anyway.
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Saying that, let's... Uh,
2: Should we listen to what Lindsay Beer has to,
1: to say? <laughs> Dr. Lindsay Beer's thing. I'm really disappointed
2: in you. <laughs>
0: This is Significant Other, a show about relationships hosted by Alicia and Rich.
2: Dr. Lindsay Biro, uh, thanks for joining us again today. I've got a uh, question for you. We were in uh, Paris recently and we were waiting in line and there was an older couple standing behind us, very posh English people.
1: Oh yeah, very posh. Very
2: posh. And their uh, their daughter joined them with her boyfriend mm. and it became very apparent very quickly that they did not like the boyfriend at all. He
1: was wearing board shorts, He was by wearing the way. board
2: shorts. <laughs> they were very well dressed and he was in board shorts. They were
1: wearing like, I'm just going to set the scene. I just want to paint this. They were wearing trench coats, like not sex trench coats, like nice trench coats. <laughs> and they were they were like from Chelsea or something, very posh people. And then he turns up and he's quite brightly coloured board shorts and he had a small gift for the mother. But instead of like greeting the mother and saying, oh, hello, Pam, or whatever, he just thrust the gift at her. And Oof, I got you this. I got you this. And then we were waiting in line at this crepery, which was like an hour wait, and we heard this awfully, just just orcs, orcs, orcs conversations. We were like, this guy, I hate this guy. And if he ever proposes, there's going to be hell to pack. I
2: feel like if if he were to ask the dad for her hand in marriage... Oh,
1: he'd just deport him.
2: I think it would be a no.
1: (laughs) The question we have for you today, Dr Lindsay Beer, is... If you're in a relationship and you feel like your parents, the family, the parents of your partner
0: despise you, what do you do? <laughs> oh man, what a tough one. And you know, I've actually worked with several people with coaching around this issue, how to navigate this because we can't change them, right? So yeah. we, we can influence them, but it takes a lot of self-awareness and getting over our own personal stuff. So, you know, I have two questions related to this. One is, what does it really mean that they don't like you? Mm. Because I think we tend to personalize things and get very upset and righteous, which just furthers the divide. We've all had the thought of, well, they don't like me. Well, I'm me and I can't change and I'm just going to be me. Right. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when we get hurt by somebody's disapproval and we stand stronger in the ways in which we are, that that can only cause problems. And the reality here is the relationship with our in-laws is going to be a relationship too, that we have to navigate. When we marry somebody or we choose to be with somebody, there's a lot of people in their life that we're going to have to forge these relationships of some kind of some kind with. Um, so one is to not take it that personally. We don't know what it means to them. They might have a lot of fear about their son or daughter being with somebody. They might have their own personal trauma. We just don't know what it means to them. It's very often not just focused on our qualities that they don't like. So kind of being careful with how much we personalize that interaction. The second question I have is what is it that they really want and at the bottom of all conflict and confusion and disagreement is truly the the desire for acceptance and love and understanding. That's what we're all driven by. So then I wonder how is it that you might help show them that? How can you shift the pattern and prove to them maybe that you're here to offer some of those basic qualities?
1: So, for example, I feel like he bought – well, I feel like the daughter said, quick, buy yeah. mum some macaroons.
0: Definitely. She's, she's
1: going to love the macaroons. And then don't wear board shorts. But he did. A <laughs> bit right. But, you know, I feel like there was a moderate effort there, but I also feel like it was the daughter in the situation going, I think mum and dad fucking hate my boyfriend. <laughs> we'll give them macaroons and that might fix it. But it was so painful and I felt really sorry for him.
2: Yeah, I. Yeah. I think he was – Trying to a certain extent, anyway. Have you been
1: in the situation, Lindsay, personally, that you have felt that the in laws weren't getting your vibe? I mean, you're adorable. I don't know how anyone would like (laughs) you.
2: Who doesn't like you? Who
0: doesn't like you? Well, you know that's so sweet, first of all. But yes, you know, to some extent, you know, and and this is also it's an it brings up an interesting question of how we mesh with different groups of people, right? So sometimes mm-hmm. that has been a sign to me, especially you know before the the relationship has really progressed, that maybe we don't come from the same places in X Y Z areas, and that there's more conflict than I realized there than that than I actually realized would be there. Um, But, you know, as as it develops further, if we feel very strong about the person we're with, truly, that is who we're choosing to spend our time with. And I think the other things can get better over time, or if they don't, that's okay too. Learning to live with that discomfort.
1: Yeah, I think you also just have to say, maybe with the in-laws, you're not seeing them every week and if it doesn't work, you just go, fine. I just put up with them once a month or once six months or whatever and we're just uh, cordial, I never say that word, and make it happen. Is that right. bad? Is that me flaking by saying that?
0: Right, no, I think that's fine. And then whenever you do have that interaction, kind of being aware of how you might act within it that's going to help smooth out some of their conflict or concern or ways of being so for example I worked with somebody who had um, a different Communication and love style expression of love style than their in-laws did so it was very hard to step out of her boundary so she came from a family that was more closed and, and uh, didn't express outward warmth and in, in love and then she was going into a family her in-laws who you know everybody was touchy-feely you hug very emotionally oh. <laughs> before, like when you see somebody and then when you're leaving and it was very uncomfortable for her so in those minimal times that she did see them what actually ended up working really well is for her to to make sure that she went outside of her comfort zone to embrace the mother-in-law those seconds of time that for her was a little bit excruciating and she <laughs> didn't, didn't do much for her at all but she knew what that would do for the mother-in-law and and those brief interactions actually helped the dynamic
1: that's so nice. And I think it's good to push yourself emotionally. I think a lot of us don't, you know, we're very comfortable in our little cocoons of of how we're used to being. And then I suppose it's nice to have that. Although, as you said, she's like, oh, my gosh, please stop gently stroking me and whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, maybe it's good to have that because I think a lot of families don't say I love you or don't have the hugs like that, it might be nice to be put in that situation.
0: Yeah, and then the other side of that is if they are gently stroking you too much, (laughs) when you you pull away, they have their own interpretation of that. She doesn't like me, um, she doesn't love my son, you know, whatever it is. And so then communication, direct, assertive communication is really important there too, because you don't want them to fill in the blanks of why you're pulling away, because we know it's not going to be accurate. But if you can fill in the blanks and say, listen, you know, I've noticed that I pull away whenever you stroke me. I'm not used to that. I worry because it makes me feel uncomfortable, and I wonder if maybe we could find a middle ground here—just
1: mild stroking. Yeah, mild (laughs) stroking. (laughs) Well, we'll come away and hug your in-laws today, and you know, put up with them if they're shit, and don't wear board shorts. That's the the real lesson here. (laughs) (laughs) If you're going to a classy joint in Paris with your in-laws who are very posh.
2: Put some trousers on.
1: Put some trousers on, for the love of God. (laughs) Dr. Lindsay Beera, you're amazing. We love hearing everything that you have to say. If you have a question that you would like us to discuss with Dr. Lindsay Beera, get in touch. And where can they get in touch with us slash Lindsay? (laughs) Rich just looked at me like, like, where the fuck? Where am I? What am I doing here?
2: What's the website? It was like he'd gone
1: to another planet.
2: What? SignificantOtherPodcast.com.
1: Or, are you okay? Yeah. Can you taste metal?
2: (laughs) I smell toast.
1: That's not good. That worries me that, you know, you went somewhere else and that worries me for our guests as well <laughs> uh you can also visit com. she has an amazing array of uh, free and paid services can i just say pay the money this woman is amazing she, she is went really to good. harvard for the christ's sake she mm. went to harvard and uh god only knows she's not making any money with us <laughs> <laughs> What's our next Lastly, quickly before we go? Where are we going next on holiday? Where are we going to fight about and potentially catch different planes? Uh,
2: Flying-wise? Yeah. uh, I think Hawaii.
1: Hawaii! We are going to Hawaii. Aloha. Aloha. And we're going to do some... Oahu. Okay. Are you finished? Yes. And then we're tackling the Australia trip again.
2: Yeah.
1: God, I'd do anything for that upgrade.
2: Well... I don't know, you can fit your wristy and make a lot of money, and then we think pay a hand, for it.
1: I don't think a hand job is getting me an upgrade. Not
2: one. You need many of them.
1: Who who am I giving these hand jobs that's to? That's not
2: that's not my job. Your job is to find these people.
1: What is this saying about our marriage? <laughs> hand jobs not sex though, is it? You'd be fine with that.
2: If it gets a business class upgrade, yeah, I think I'd be okay. What with the that. hell is that noise? It's like a cruise line in town. <laughs> Jesus, coming up the Thames.
1: Can you just repeat that? A handjob is not, like, <laughs> if it got us an upgrade. This is, like, the cheapest version. What was that old Demi Moore film? And they asked In, Woody Carroll's. Indecent
2: proposal. <laughs>
1: okay, so our version of indecent proposal is I can give random handjobs to guys if we get upgrades on airlines.
2: Now, at Risty. Stop saying Risty. You're going to need, like... Not for
1: money. I'm saying, like, handjob, and they're like, here's your seat. Oh,
2: oh, well... Well, I suppose you can do that as well. I mean, that would be easier because at fifty aristi, you, you, like, you're going to need a lot.
1: That would make me a prostitute. Yes. If you don't understand what Rich is saying, he's saying fifty fitty as in fifty aristi as, as, as in like fifty
2: cent. Yeah,
1: I think they get it. <laughs> Righty, that's the end of this show this week. I don't know how you feel about it, everyone. I feel positive. I don't think
2: anyone's <laughs> still tuning in, so it's fine.
1: Don't be so negative.
2: <laughs> we lost him at Michael Kors.
1: Yeah, probably most of them. If you see a dropout, they're like, oh, shit, they've all got Michael Kors bags. Mention
2: Michael Kors, that's it, and they're gone.
1: Not in a positive way. If you are...
2: Still listening, tune in (laughs) next week.
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh, it's late. Yeah. I've got to go. I've got a very long Stephen King book to continue reading, which will never end.
2: Do you read it on the train in in other people's faces?
1: Uh, uh, Yeah, I should have bought that out this morning and gone, excuse me, I need to put my Kindle in your face, you stupid Michael Kors carrying... Much better book. Idiot. Love you
0: guys. Ciao. Like the show? Want to leave us a voicemail, iTunes review or donation? Visit significantothershow.com to get in touch.